Welcome to the Rogue Tailboard Podcast, where firemen are fired up and minimal is unacceptable. What's going on, guys? I hope y'all have had a good weekend. It's Sunday, March 13th. Been a little bit since I put out an episode, and I've had this thing, like I've shared with you guys, that just kind of comes comes into my life and I brew on it and I stir on it and it's okay well, why is this speaking to me right now and the thing that's been running in my thoughts a lot is God is the standard and I was like okay yes that's absolutely spot on with my life and everything that I embrace but how in the world can I even begin to tackle this to make it shareable and to really do this phrase justice. And as I was at church this morning, you know, we're attending a newer one in our area. It was closed and it's reopened. The pastor there is a young man. He's very lively, very animated, preaches straight from the word. And it it's almost like this morning was specifically meant for me. And I mean that in the most unselfish way possible i don't know if you've ever heard those moments or had those moments yourselves to where it just captivates you and it's the message is speaking just directly to you well that was for me today and so a lot of these points that i am going to bring to life in this episode i have to give credit to him for he has some of them I wrote down off of his PowerPoint because there's no other way that I would want to reword that, so to say, because it was just so spot on. But uh, why don't y'all go ahead and just pull up a chair with me on this one and let's dive right into it. So God is the standard. And we all set standards in our life. I mean, I even tag it at the end of my short reads. You know, we all want to try and put this standard on us that we know is achievable, but even once it's almost like it's not achieved at the same time, because then we would be kind of fulfilled. So we want to continuously work to that. It's a, it's a work in progress. It's a constant work in progress type mentality. We're always bettering ourselves because the only perfect one that ever walked the earth was Jesus. So that is the standard. And when you truly come to terms with that and what that absolute standard is, then you can begin to construct yourself in your routine to fulfill that versus just kind of aimlessly existing. And it's, it does take acts of discipline Obviously, it does take you truly understanding the end goal, the end result, and trying to eliminate anything that's going to stop that advancement or hinder you from obtaining that ultimate standard, which is one thing that God's called us to do is to be Christ-like. Uh, it's, he goes in so much depth in his teachings in the Bible of different ways, but then he also just kind of simplifies it and be in just that one phrase alone be christ-like for i am christ and you are a child of me 
So it's like it's it's simple in the way he's explaining it to you, but you've got to truly understand who Jesus is and to truly understand who God is so you can start to imitate and emulate that lifestyle as your own. So moving on to my next note point here I got is, you know, you must know who God is, his traits, what makes him the absolute standard in order to strive for it. In a quick rundown, but yes, I do challenge you to dive deeper into the Word and into the reading so you can truly know Jesus for yourself and you can have that personal relationship with Him and He will be able to help guide you. He's done it for me. It's, it's just real. It is what it is. He, he has taken me by my hand and there's been times, especially in our walk, where I might have sidetracked off or... I was on a little mountain peak, loving life, and yes, I gave him credit, but I didn't truly honor his existence in that sometimes. And I've noticed that when that happens, he'll knock you down a little bit. And, oh, make you remember who he is, and he's got the ultimate say-so, ultimate power and authority. And then when you start humbly walking with him again, he'll take you right back up to that mountaintop. So it's... It's what you make out of your relationship is what you're going to see more or less of him in your life. But all he ever earns for is to truly reveal himself to you while we're here on earth before we're called to heaven, as long as we believe. So yes, Jesus is God in the human form when he descended to heaven to set the standard on how to be here on earth. You know, there's different different traits that are described in the Bible upon him. You know, he is omnipresent. There was no creation of God. God has been there from the beginning of time, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the creator of mankind. Everything that's majestic that your eyes can see and that your ears can hear, that is all works of him. He is the King of Kings. He's the, the great provider and protector. You know, he is the Savior of mankind as long as we accept that and we're not hard-headed and don't honor His existence. He's the ultimate grace giver. I mean, He has redeemed me. You know, I can only speak of my personal experiences. If you know the Bible, you know the prodigal son and that's where I was. I had a great family background, great family uprising. And I just took a left turn due to, you know, just depression from a high school sweetheart mixed in with the party lifestyle I never got out of. And, you know, next thing you know, I, I found myself homeless, living out of my truck in the woods, trying to couch to couch it with friends just to kind of keep that party life going to ease and numb the pain that I had and that I was feeling. And then, like I said, God showed me his true existence. And that's where I repented of that way and sought to please and honor him. And the more that I would do that, the more that he would reward me with a better life and better opportunities. There's still a lot of hardships along the way. But he had that grace to show himself to me when I asked for his help. And he overwhelmed me with it so he i can truly testify and say that god is real I've, I've had that experience with him you know and i do believe that my audience and those who support this platform are humble hard chargers 
who want to better themselves and make a positive impact in their environment. That's exactly why Jesus came to earth and shared his teachings with us before he brutally sacrificed himself so that our sins can be forgiven and that those of us who believe in him may enter into the kingdom of heaven for eternity. There, despite where you're at in your life with your walk or with your, your faith, heaven is real and hell is real. There, there's only two places after our time here is expired. And I really hope that you have had that opportunity to ask him into your life so that he can save you from the pits of hell. And there's so many other teachings, and I, I encourage you to seek those out, but this is not the, the episode that I'm going to dissect into that. I'm just pointing out that there are only two eternal options that we're, we're destined for. And we were all destined for hell until we asked Jesus to come into our lives and save us from that disparity. So that's the only point I'm going to make on that. Like I said, I want you to take this episode. I want it to sink in with you guys. And I want you to do your own homework and let that planted seed do its job. And I want you to have these miraculous discoveries upon yourself as well. Because it is so life-changing. Back on topic here. So what is it about Jesus that makes him the standard though? Well, let's look at his lifestyle. He is a carpenter who worked with his bare hands, with minimal tools. If you've ever done any kind of labor-intensive work or just any kind of work with your hands in a garden or what have you, you will build calluses. That you're just—it's so your hands are sensitive, and you keep working with them with rocks and clay and timber, and you—you're just going to get these hard, calloused hands. And he lifted heavy timber on a constant constant basis in outside weather conditions. You know, there wasn't an AC shop warehouse or a forklift to help make it more convenient with the work that he was doing. This was all him outside, like I said, with minimal tools. That's, someone would say, that's a man's job. You know, you're sweating. It's not like you have an abundant supply of water and food like we do nowadays so he you got i mean that's that's some work man i don't know if any of y'all have ever truly experienced hard intensive labored work you know yes we had those moments in the fire service but like on an actual regular basis now those country boys and ranch hands that are listening to this y'all know exactly what i'm talking about you know we we've been there we've clocked in we we know what hard work is that that's what jesus did you know he he was a carpenter he was a a craftsman and it was just his pure grit and determination to use that craftsmanship to complete a design that he envisioned in his thoughts. And it was very methodical. It was very meticulous. It, it took time. It wasn't this instant piece of artwork that he produced. Everything was very elaborate. Another thing about Jesus is that he honored his parents, which in return brought honor for his parents. You know, yes, he is God himself, but he still showed the example by being obedient to his earthly parents. But more importantly, though, he was obedient to God. And Jesus was tempted, and we read about it in 
all different chapters in the New Testament, especially with this after he was baptized by John and he went away for the 40 days and 40 nights of just self-fasting in the wilderness, he was tempted by Satan all the time. And even after that, he was tempted by the world to partake in the ways of the world and to conform to it. Or they try and trip him up once they started seeing, well, this Jesus guy is different. You know, he's... He's not like us. He is living out the standard that we haven't seen before. Who is this guy? You know, what what gives him the right to do this? And then as he would simply explain who he was, and ultimately it was to save those that were actually mocking him and laughing at him, the mutts as we would call it. Man, they kept barking at him all the time. Yet he never gave in to it. He still cared for them, and he still tried to show them the right way of living. But yes, he he did not give in to all that. God fulfilled his every want, his every desire, and his every need. You know, you look at that man, and he was in prayer a lot of times throughout his time of being awake in, on earth, man. He... He stayed in communications with God, his father. And that was the only way that he can talk to him through heaven while he was here on earth was through prayer. That's not an outdated practice. That's exactly what we have that same exact capability that Jesus had back in his time that we have today. We can talk to God through prayer. And it's it's that true heartfelt just conversation, that one-on-one time with God and that he just wants his children to know that he's there and he wants us to communicate through him through prayer. That's why you hear a lot of truth and factual talks about there's power in prayer. Well, because you're talking to God that that's very, to me, it's very simple and easy to understand, but God fulfilled Jesus, every true need. And when we don't allow God to truly fulfill us, we seek other ways of fulfillment like drinking or substance abuse or going after a materialistic gain so we can be flashy and have the in trends and all this stuff. And, you know, some of us want to be so saturated with affirmation from our peers or supporters that we fail to recognize that God believes in us and loves us in way more ways and conditions than a human could ever dream of. So those that are chasing those likes on social media that are just so consumed and wrapped up in it, that's as much as we crave that attention online, that's exactly how bad God craves our attention just on a day-to-day basis. You know, he he is our ultimate support group. He is, I've seen that firsthand myself. He, I just can't. It's hard to really put words to describe what all he's truly done for me in my life to make it almost understandable for y'all. And I really hope that those that are listening, hopefully you've had that experience. Or if not, work towards bettering your relationship with him so you can have those experiences and so that you can understand your true meaning of existence. And I just goes back to the point that a lot of us choose to slop with the pigs when we can be dining at the table with the one true king, all because of the choices we make. 
that's something I took from this morning's sermon that just, like, wow. We can, we can be dining with the king. And that's an analogy of we can be walking side by side with Jesus, our Savior, who there's so many spiritual battles going on around us that we're oblivious to because we can't see. There's so many angels that are fighting demons that are trying to attack us and preventing those temptations to be in front of us. And at the same time, there's so many demons that are trying to block your prayers and trying to make you seem so insignificant in God's eyes because you chose to be his child. Actually, he called you to be it, but you, you've honored that and you've allowed it and you've accepted that. There's so much stuff that's going on around us, yet we choose to let those demons win when we want to get drunk or when we want to do things that are morally and ethically wrong for a quick sense of satisfactional gain. It's, it breaks God's heart. Yeah, and I, I struggle with that with social drinking. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. And it's it's been an ongoing deal. I'll get really good. And like I said, I don't do it all the time at the house. I'm trying to justify anything by any means. I'm just being vulnerable with you guys. But when I'm out with the guys and stuff like that, I want to have a few when it's around. And there's times where it gets excessive. And that's that's on me. And I've got to stop that. It doesn't mean that I got to stop hanging out with those guys unless I'm that weak and I maybe have to, but I know that's not my case. Some of those that might be your case, but I can choose to sit there and still fellowship and laugh and partake and, you know, a night around the fire at one of the brother's houses and just socialize and be completely happy with just, you know, drinking water or tea. It doesn't have to be alcohol. So that's something that I'm working on that I'm being vulnerable and sharing with you. But a lot of us choose to slop at the pigs when we can be dining at the table with the one and true king. We choose to self-indulge in things that hinder our growth or further increase the gap of where we are and where we want to be. You know, again, I know I got this down in my notes further on here, so we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But your story, your story and your journey is a grind of a realization that you're acknowledging you're not up to par with where you need to be and you take corrective actions to get back on track with that. The less you slip up, the less you have to correct and more ahead of the game you will be. Now going back to that, you know, Friday night social drinking once you're off clock, you Monday up to Friday Everything was great. You know, you're on your workout routine. You're dieting right. You're you're doing, you know, you're in your quiet time. You're you're living the life that you want to be living because it's honoring and pleasing to God, and it's bettering your self growth and your your progression in life. And then it's like you just you clock out from that for a night, and you kind of let your hair down, and now you're trying to recover the next day, and you're not you're missing your workout routine, your your regimen, your you're trying to eat foods that are just soaking up. So it's it's just a vicious cycle. All in all is what I'm trying to get at. And it's self-inflicted. So just cut that out of your life. Because it's you've seen how that is when you're not living that way. And how great you are. Your, your cognitive abilities are way more intact. And you don't have to worry about you know a little bit of a 
hazy, groggy morning because you chose to just let your hair down? When it, What did you really gain from it? And that's a question I'm asking myself when I'm in those opportunities. Or not opportunities, but positions. You know, what I really gained from all that? I could have had just as much fun without being that way. So if you're truly wanting to commit to a newer standard and you've looked long and hard and enough times with disgust at the man in the county ability mirror to where you just said, you know, I've had enough. I've got to change. I've got to make that step now. Then I encourage you to practice these simple steps, which will take courage. But I believe in you and I believe that it can be done because these are things that I practice. And I'm sure these are things that other people are practicing, whether they're very similar or what have you. But it's just some simple concepts. Like I said, it might take a little bit of courage because it's, one, it's addressing our failures and our flaws. A lot of people don't like to do that. So now that you've addressed that you have failures and flaws, well, now you got to come up with a solution to correct that. Well, that requires work. Not a lot of people want to work because we live in a instantly satisfying society now. So it's, we don't want to earn things. We want a instant gratification. Well, it's going to take courage because you got to understand this is a process. So the first step that I would honestly suggest you take is to get right with God. Ask him into your life if he hasn't entered himself in already. Or even if you are a believer, you've asked him in your life, but you've fallen off track. Or you've forgotten about him. Or you've put him up on the shelf during the good times and only call upon him when you're in times of need. I ask that you just get right with him. You know, ask for that clean slate and then quit asking to get right with him. He'll continuously do it, but he's going to get a little more stern with you, a little more stern with you. So when you, when you decide to truly get right with God, I, I ask that you stay right with him and that you just continue to seek and honor his ways and not go back to that old lifestyle. You know, we have, we're committing to a newer standard here, guys. So let's really embrace that. And quit flirting with the things of the past and the ways of the world that got us into the bond we were in today. You know, he is the ultimate support group you'll ever need. And like I said before, and I truly mean that. He he will put people in your life, and that's where the fun journey begins because now you're you're seeking out those like-minded individuals that are gonna help you grow that have been there. You know, I've been there, and there's things that I still struggle with, like I brought to life that I'm working on. And there's people out there that have overcome that. And I'm able to talk to them and give, you know, or receive encouragement from that because they get it. They've been there. You know, and I've, I get it. I've, I've been there on a lot of things myself. So God will put people in your life to help you get right and stay right. And with that goes with, you know, tell the truth and tell it with love. Stop white lying with yourself and those around you. Oh, it's okay to do this. No, it. It's really not because you've already been down that road before. You're, you're just going to continuously get burned by the same fire that when you see it burning, just walk away from it. That You don't need to flirt and entertain it. It's nothing productive is going to come from negative. Oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Activities, I guess, lack of better terms. Something that's really not positive or productive for you. It's honestly just kind of a waste of time yeah you can relieve stress and all that that's fine but you don't need to relieve it with alcohol and induced activities or anything that's going to just hinder your your mind body or your spirit you know just tell the truth 
you know, when, when people ask you, you know, I'm not trying to get you tripped up with your spouse and they say, these jeans make me look fat. Don't, <laughs> that's one of those, well, baby, maybe we should work on some things or something. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that one out myself because I do not like the wrath of a scorned woman, especially my wife. So just find the ways to tell the truth, but tell it with love. And it's okay to have unselfish anger based on a love and fear of God. It's actually a commandment of his. But give those up for God to handle in prayer. And it's not our responsibility to take it into our own hands. That's when you see... When you see sins being committed, and maybe there are sins that you're completely against, we're all sinners to begin with, first and foremost. There's a wonderful scripture out there that says, why are you worried about the splinter in your brother's eye when you still have a plank in your eye? So that goes back to that judging and condemning aspect of life and things. But when there's something that angers you because it goes against your beliefs and it goes against your, your morals, Take that to God in prayer. That We're not to be a vigilante and start screaming and shoving it down their throat because now all of a sudden you as a child of God are misrepresent, misrepresenting what God is and what he's doing for you because of the way that you're acting and conducting yourself. So bring that up to prayer. And again, there's power in prayer. We've talked about that earlier already. There's, there's a big common theme here. We can't make it one day without God's guidance and his protection and his provision. But if we don't even start our day off in prayer or continue to pray to him on different encounters that we face, then that means that we're just going to try and do it all on our own. And I'm going to tell you from past experience, and you probably experienced it too, when you do things on your own, you're going to fail. When you do it with him, there will be success. And it may not be a success you're thinking of, but God will show you how that was a successful outcome because you sought him for the help. So it, leave that in God's hands. And it's not on us to take care of those responsibilities to be that self-vigilante. Also, be responsible for your own provisions and look to share in abundance. No one's going to go out there and get that work for you, man. That's on you to do. There's too many people that I understand there's hard times. I understand that there's government programs out there to help assist when you're in a time of need where you might've been laid off or you haven't had just good luck, I guess would be the words I'm looking for. I've had hard times. I've like, I pointed out before, you know, I've been homeless, but I also took any job that was hiring. And I worked and I saved. And there's there's so many times to where the modern human nowadays would rather collect a check from a mailbox from taxpayers' money versus just getting out there and humbling themselves to get a job that's paying something. And that all goes back to a lifestyle that you've obtained too. So if you're trying to live like this big high roller, but you can't meet it because you're you made really big expenses when you had, you know, spare money and all of a sudden you can't obtain that with your current job mm-hmm. and you just kind of domino effect and snowball and downhill and you get so lost in debt and everything trying to what act like a, a high roller, so to say, that's kind of the topic I'm talking about here. You know, be responsible for your own provisions. Don't live outside of your means because there's a whole 
whole nother ball game of problems and worries and stresses that you're adding on to yourself by trying to live outside your means. And it's tough when we're in a society that that's all they want to flaunt nowadays is look at what I've got or look what car, or look what phone, look at fill in the blank. Okay, what well, does it operate? Does it get me from A to B? Is it reliable? Okay, that's all I can ask for. You know, does, does my house have the conveniences with the utilities that I'm able to sustain and we all have, you know, adequate space? All right, awesome. I don't need a million dollar home. I don't need all this extra stuff just to show power or to walk around proudly in my house. You know, I look around every day at the things that I'm taking care of through God's stewardship with the job that he's given me. And I'm very thankful that I'm able to make all that meet with his help. So be responsible for your own provisions. And when you got that down, look to share in abundance. That's that giving back mentality. That's that helping hand to those in need type aspect in life. You know, look for those opportunities to do it. It's it's part of what we're called to do as servants when we serve one another. If we see a brother down and out or he's in bad times or a complete stranger that just is on the side of Walmart saying, hey, man, I'm hungry. You know, I've got to a point in life where I just I need help. I understand it's going to be a long road or whatever. Help get that dude a burger, man, or pray with him. Be there for him. Just be that sharing and abundance figure that we're called to do. Now, this one can be tough. Um, you know, obviously, I've fallen victim to it, too, on, you know, just kind of like vulgar or nasty jokes or anything to that extent. Just trying to be silly and cut up when really there's no sense in it. We're we're held to better standards, but cut out that vulgarness, you know, cut out any racist or sexist comments and anything that is not positive or building or uplifting or encouraging. We're called to a, a higher standard than that, you know, and if you truly need help and accountability on that one, just remember that God, Jesus and a heavenly host of angels are always watching you. They're always watching you, man. And that's not meant to creep you out. That's actually meant to give you that encouragement. Like, man, right now, as I'm recording this podcast, Jesus is right here next to me. There's a host of angels, and they're they're honored that I am choosing to spend time recording, talking about their good deeds and what they've done in my life and how that can help in other people's lives. And at the same time, there's also demons that are trying to block this message from people. So it's just being cognitive of that fact that they're always around you and they're there to help you it's not there to feel like you're a fish in a bowl so to say they're really protecting you and providing for you and blocking you from a lot of things that we just can't even see also your words of encouragement are grace to your audience in other words stop that gossiping put it in check when you hear it and it starts to spread remember that gossipers get gossiped about so you're at the table or you're at the bunker. Oh, did you hear it, old boy? I just We've all fallen guilty of that. By all means, I don't think anyone's ever been innocent of it. But let's, let's stop that and let's legitimately stop that. When those kind of conversations start to present themselves, if it's not productive, if it has, that's not something that you've personally addressed with that individual, I advise you take it there. And when it gets brought to your attention, they're not there to defend themselves or to even share their point of topic on it. 
just, hey, you know what? Respectfully, I just, I don't want to talk about that. I, I don't want to partake in it. The man's not here or be that man of character and do that. Yes, it's going to take courage because that's telling someone to stop and that could potentially cause a little bit of a friction, but you're doing it out of love. You know, you're not calling them names. You're not blowing them. You're just like, Hey man, with all due respect, I'm not trying to hear that. I'm, I'm really not. I'm not trying to have that today. Just find ways to stop that stuff. Second last little topic I got here. And I was touching on this earlier with kind of a weakness of mind when it's in a social gathering, but seek a life of sober mind. And that's where I go back again to how many times we've we been on a great path, a great routine, great regimen. And then, like I said, we, we let our hair down and we, we have a few, and then we spend the next day recovering and nursing our wounds. And, you know, and you do things under the influence that you wouldn't normally do sober and you're not thinking clearly. So let's, we've got to do better at that. I just, you'll be more productive as a human when you don't constantly just go out the boys. You're, there's a lot more pros and cons to choosing to seek that sober lifestyle. And it's also, it's very hard to honor God and to reach your true full potential when you still have that little bit of thing that's kind of has power and control over you because you keep going back to it and it keeps hindering you and you know, it hinders you, but you keep doing it. So I, I seek, I urge you to find the confidence to alleviate that from your life. And lastly, be the friend to everyone that you would want in return. You know, that, that golden rule that we always hear about, you know, do unto others as you would want done unto you. you know, Jesus had his close few, the 12 disciples, yes, that he truly poured into, that he nurtured, that he wanted to build up and then send out into the world to share the gospel and the firsthand testimonies of what Jesus and them have accomplished together. But he treated everyone with the same amount of love and encouragement you know, with the heart of a servant that he came in contact with. It didn't mean that he never got angry. It didn't mean that he never made acts of correction upon just bad habits or anything to that extent. He would call it out, but he would call it out with love. You know, the one thing that he was really passionate about is when those guys set up shop at the temple and he was turning over tables and actually made a whip and drove them out because that was an abomination to the house of prayer. And he has no room for that. So, what I'm trying to say with that example is <clears throat> God's not God and Jesus are not this meek, mild, gentle guy, long haired, bearded guy holding a lamb. He was actually the like the man of all men. And there is so much more to him that is so powerful and so masculine, but at the same time so humble and so gentle. You know, that that's where I really got that. God is the true standard, and we really need to strive to be like that on a daily basis. Not try and give it a go, and, oh, well, man, this, this is kind of tough. This is difficult. You know, I'm getting awkward. This is uneasy for me, so I'm just going to put it behind. <clears throat> well, you're quitting, and you're giving up on yourself, and you're not seeing that journey through. And it's a journey I've been on, and I'm seeing the fruits of that labor in more ways than one. 
but especially in times like this, it's, it's really kind of pertinent that we, we truly live up to that and help kind of restore humanity with just those simple acts of adjustments to your, your lifestyle to show that, you know, there are still good humans out there and that this is what drives us and this is what inspires us. And uh, like I said, man, it's, it's really helped me out with a lot of my life. It's helped me be a better fireman. It's helped me be a better husband, a better brother. Um, obviously, there's all things that we all need to work on. But ultimately, when you choose to seek and honor God and walk side by side with him, you will see huge progression and positivity in your life and hope and encouragement in some of your darkest days, all by just having that personal relationship with him. So with that, that's all I got on today's topic and episode. Like I said, I really hope that maybe this gave you some encouragement or maybe this stirred up some curiosity and you know, you dive into that word or you go to your local church and you you seek for more understanding. <coughs> Excuse me. And y'all can also reach out to me if you want. And I'm willing to help share with you with what I know, but by no means am I a theological expert. I can just speak off of what I'm learning, what I've learned and what I've seen done in my life. So with all that, guys, I hope you guys have a great week. Um, and just try and better yourselves 1% one, 1 more a day, man. Just try and, try and better yourselves. You'll, you'll be impressed with it.